Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 C H A R T, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday. Well, the dust has settled about the midterm elections. That's all done. The market has reacted in line with most expectations, which means, do you remember, I've told you before, the market likes gridlock in Washington. Always does. Always has. Likes gridlock in Washington. They don't like change. Market doesn't like change. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to, to the show. This is Invest Talk. It's a weekday financial program, and we only have one clear objective, and that's to help you grow and protect your money, your assets, your investments. And of course, we welcome your phone calls and questions at 888-99-CHART. You can call anytime you want. You can call right now, 888-992-4278. So look at the calendar, everybody. Love Thanksgiving. And there was lots of interesting uh, articles are interesting market news today. Tesla will have a new leader, <laughs> a woman who began, began as a trained Arthur Anderson auditor, so she knows balance sheets, and she will be able to control EMS, right? She'll be able to do that. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. In her four years on the Tesla board, she hasn't been able to tap down must behaviors yet. So what makes you think she's going to be able to do that? She's not. She's probably not going to try. Tesla has now surpassed the market valuation of BMW, by the way, in case you're interested. Okay, I have a question that may appeal to everybody, all investors. If you invested $1,000 in Apple at its IPO price, and let it road, right? Just let it road all these years. Just let it go. How much Apple wealth? How much would that one thousand dollars turn into today? How much would it be worth today? What do you think? Got a guess? Is it a thousand dollars? Just a thousand dollars, everybody. That's all I'm. All I'm, all I'm, all I'm, that's all I'm suggesting. Okay. Now, before we get to that, let's make time for a caller question. You know, that drives a show. You know our number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Junior in Indianapolis. My question's a general one. Recently, you've been a bit concerned that the VIX numbers have indicated that the market hasn't bottomed out yet. At this point, following midterms and the typical year in rally, does this concern still hold over the short term, say, the next six months? Thanks a lot, and thanks for the great show, Jim. Bye-bye. I'm going to say no. I can see the VIX spiking again, but I, I'm going to say no. Uh, it didn't get to the point where I felt comfortable. I thought we still had a little bit more to go on the downside, and we still may. But I'm now now that the election has passed, um, I'm much more. Uh, I'm I'm more convinced than probably Justin is that I think we're in for a, a rally. How big a rally? Oh, I'm not 
maybe maybe ten percent into you know into the year into the next year, ten percent from the bottom, and we've already made you know what three percent, four percent. I don't know how much from the bottom. So maybe six more percent. You know, because the market never see it never reacts the same way all the time. It always fools you, always. So you can only you know. I would have liked to seen more panic in the market. That would have made me feel a lot more comfortable in in, in uh, calling for the next rally. So now I'm calling for a rally, but I'm not as comfortable because it didn't. There wasn't enough panic in the market. We'll see. Uh, by maybe by next week we'll have a better idea if we're going to be retesting our lows or we're done with the correction and we're on our way for our end of year rally. Uh, I'm going to. I know the odds are very high that that we will get into a rally, so it may be done. It, the rally may be done. If you read my newsletter, uh, I said that a couple of weeks ago. And, it may be a time to tip your toe back in the market. I'm not so sure. I still feel comfortable with saying that. I do. But I'm not convinced the mar- it's right at it's right at some crucial if you're if you're if you're uh, 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 a chartist, someone who looks at charts and, and decides where things gonna go. The the S and P five hundred, which represents eighty percent of the market, is right at that area where you say, okay, we're 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 now it's risen to a point where it's probably going to continue to rise. But to get to this point, it's been on low volume. Even though we had some big days, yesterday's day was you know a little bit normal than volume, but not very high. So I'm still not convinced that we are clear and free. But I think you got to play the odds. You, 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 you step into the market. Okay. So at a press conference in San Francisco a week ago, Apple, did, uh, Apple came out with its new products, right? MacBook Air, two iPod Pros. And it's too early yet to tell whether those products are going to be big sellers or not. One thing is clear, though. If you had bet on Apple in its early days, you're... You would have paid off big time. Would have paid off big time. There's, there's a story on CNBC. You know, I don't know if you remember, but, and I doubt if you do, Apple was founded in 1976 by Steve Jobs. 1976, Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, or Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne. You should remember Ronald Wayne. Why? Because two weeks after they founded the company, he got out. He sold his 10% ownership for 800 bucks. And got out. He was worried about taking on too much debt, too much responsibility for the company's debt. So the new venture's first customer was a Bay Area computer store called the Byte Shop, B-Y-T-E, Byte Shop, which ordered 50 Apple One computers. And they had to borrow like $15,000 to make those computers. And of course, the company grew that. So that was in 1976. In 1980, it went public. Uh, Apple's it was 4.6 million shares that went that went public at $22 a share. That day it closed at $29 a share. Okay, and just so you know, the IPO made millionaires of 300 people, several Apple employees, and of course Jobs. What I think it was $200 million. So. Fast forward today, how much do you think $1,000 invested back then be to be worth today? 
remember, Apple's now, well, I don't know if it's today, but it was the first company to reach one trillion. It fell back from that, but as a market cap. How much? Well, it's $500,000. And that includes price appreciation and dividends. Okay? So, the thing I find so most interesting is that $800 price tag that uh, that Ronald Wayne sold. <laughs> if he had kept it, by the way, if he kept that 10% ownership, he'd be worth $70 billion. <laughs> Poor guy. Maybe next time when it rolls around. <laughs> okay. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, you know, these deals come around and people, you don't know which ones are the best ones, which ones will fail. And I can understand why he was nervous. Yeah, you know, it depends on where he was in life at that time. So, but you do have to, when you're young, that's the time to take chances. You need to take some risks. You know, most, most people don't. So, anyway, I encourage you to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial. You can call our data point office. Or send me a message, email through investtalk.com so we can maybe take a look at your portfolio, help you help you manage your money, talk about our different programs. I invite you to be a part of the question and answer period. You can call right now, 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley. And, you know, you can check out our Invest Talk Academy, our, our online classes. It started last week. Uh, we'll have another class. Next, next class is me. Up Thursday, we're going to talk about moving averages and charting and what the moving averages mean. Let's talk academy.com to sign up there if you wish. 888 99 chart. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888 99CHART is our number, 888 992 4278. We're going to go to Dennis in Richmond. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? Thank you for, for taking my call. Got a question for you. Uh, what do you know about private equity? I've got... Uh... Uh, uh, they scare me. How's that? Okay. <laughs> you know, there's obvious reasons. Private equity means that someone's trying to produce money to build a company, to run a company, to manage a company, and their idea is eventually to take it public. When it does, you as a private equity investor, you're buying shares while it's private right. in the right. company. And while it's private... You know, it's what's its value? Its value, whatever. Maybe the company's worth something. Maybe it's not. It's hard to know because you got to find someone else to buy it from you, you personally. But once it goes public, you can cash in big, and that's the whole attractiveness of it. Uh-huh. So why you have so, someone offering so, you a private equity thing, Dennis? Uh, yeah, yeah. I get those all the time. Yeah. You're uh, gonna do it? Well, I haven't decided yet. The biggest thing on these, Dennis, is do you know the people? Do you trust the people? If you don't know them, I would walk away. If you know them very well and you know all about that business, then you have special knowledge, then you could do it. But they are so good. The brochures and everything looks so good. And I would run the other way if these are just out of the blue and you don't, you know, there's someone just found you. Run. Well, I have to get my running shoes in. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I, I've just seen too much of this stuff go sour. That's why. Just yeah. too much. I'd say nine out of ten go bad. You lose all your money. Yep. But that yep. one tent, that one, you could be a multimillionaire. That's the why it's 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 why it's attractive sometimes. Okay, I don't think my luck is that good. Yeah, I'd run. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the I call. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Okay, Bruce and Chula Vista. How you doing, Bruce? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, and I appreciate your call. I'm 27. I'm a U.S. Marine here in San Diego. My wife, she's 26. We have a little bit of extra money here that we can invest. Let's say for our retirement, like Roth IRA, which uh, people have been recommending that for us to do. I've heard too that if you invest in a Roth IRA, especially if you don't have any experience, they invested in mutual funds. But supposedly, mutual funds, well, it's not a great return because the way they do it, I guess they trade the good stocks and keep the bad ones. And my totally loss here. A little bit, Bruce, but. The concept is very good. And, Bruce, first of all, let me say uh, thank you for serving the country. You know, Marine, man, that's a tough thing to be. You have to go through a lot. I have a cousin who's a Marine. I have also a brother-in-law who is a Ranger, an Army Ranger. I know what you guys have to go through. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Bruce, you got to start a Roth IRA. You're 27 years old. You're a young guy. Your wife's probably a young woman. If you do it now, you'll be rich by the time you retire. If you just put money away in a Roth IRA. And okay. yes, a mutual fund, there are good and bad mutual funds. That's the difficult part, Bruce. Okay. So the question is, you just got to find a good one. I don't mind helping you. If you want to call me at the office, you don't have to hire me. I'm not talking about it. I will give you some names, okay, and say, here's a few names to invest okay. in. These have great managers. There's no commissions. You don't pay anybody. You can open up direct with them, an IRA, and there's no cost. If you don't mind giving me a call in the office, I'll give you some names and phone numbers and stuff. Perfect. Because mutual funds are what's called prospectus items. You're supposed to get the prospectus, which nobody reads. You know, I can't recommend anything on the air. That's the problem. Awesome. Okay, here's my number. 800-557-5461. And you just asked for me. Thank you very, very much. Thanks a lot, and we appreciate there. And uh, I really do appreciate the Marines. Thank you very much. This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'll remind you of a policy phrase we display on InvestTalk homepage. The InvestTalk commitment to reason and common sense guide, you know, guidance by us will help make you a better investor. We promise that. And I thank you for listening, everybody. I really do. The phone lines are open, and I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888-992-4278, today's main talking point, everybody. The phenomena of spending more money once you begin to make more money. And I have personal experience with this since I started off pretty poor, made a lot of money, and Thank goodness I stopped spending it, but it's called How Lifestyle Creep Can Ruin Your Future. We're going to talk about that. Some of the other topics I want to talk about today. How about the Federal Reserve today? They came out after their meeting and said they're not changing rates. UPA, well, I want to talk about that. Did you see that 30-year mortgage rates are at an eight-year high? I want to discuss property. Mortgages. One of the reasons I like talking about properties is because 
it is a good storage of wealth for a lot of people in the United States. So it's a very good topic to stay on top of. And finally, something that no one is ever even talking about. It's headed across anybody's mind. I haven't seen any reports or news articles on it. Government shutdown. You know, we have a new election in which the Democrats control the House and the Republicans control the Senate. And no one's talking about a government shutdown. you got a couple of days coming up that are going to be pretty important. And I can see it being used as a football here to try to win score points here for either side. Those are what we're going to talk about. Of course, you drive the show. I do not. You do with your questions. So please call. Let's go to George on Liso Viejo. How are you doing, George? Question about international markets. Do they run a cycle like we have in the, in the United States, like the Christmas rally or the presidential? They used to be very, very much tied to our markets, mm-hmm. but they're getting less and less so. They do yeah. not have the Christmas cycle other than us forcing them to the Christmas cycle. Remember, especially the international markets and emerging markets in Asia, they're not... Yeah, well, no, I realize. I didn't mean specifically, the, the, but I meant do they have other cycles? Other cycles, I see. Uh, similar to that. They haven't been around long enough, most of them, to have developed those kinds of things. Our market's been... It's old, and it's demonstrated years and years and years of yeah. cycles, whereas theirs yeah. has not been. And theirs is tied much more to their economy, their growth of commodities and farm, because they're still in their infancy as a market. Yeah, I know. I see that one of the India funds I watched would go up a couple, three weeks. It'd be up 20, 25 percent. And the next time it's down 15, it's like, whoa, it's kind of a roller roller coaster. That's right, George. George has hit the nail on the head. They can be, these merchant markets can be very volatile. And they are. Individual stock up and down 3 percent one day and up, down and 3 percent day to day to day is not unusual for them. Yeah, so you got to be prepared for that if you're going to buy these these ADRs. Yeah. Boy, can it be a roller coaster, George. You're right on there. All right. Thank you. Thanks, George. We're going to go to Jimmy and Sam Ramon. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Steve. Uh, I'm a new listener. Uh, Great. New to uh, this whole investing thing. I actually have a investment set up with my union, but uh, I've been looking mm-hmm. to spend maybe $1,000 and get into my own stocks, building my own stuff. And I was wondering what you thought would be a good one to get into with that smaller amount of money. Well, just to let you know, we can answer questions, but I can't give you recommendations. How old are you? 24. This is a great time to start thinking about it because the market over time will give you, oh, 10%. That's what it's done over time for the last 7,500 years. Mm -hmm. 10% return. The question is that a lot of people don't get that return because they have no clue what they're doing. One of the problems that most people do have is they let their emotions get involved with their decision making. Mm Mm-hmm. When they see their prices are going down and the stock market's crashing, they get out. you got to look longer term. When they see the market going up and just up, 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 they put more money into it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you really want to be successful, when you are at your saddest and you feel like you just wasted money putting in the market, that's when you put more in. Uh-huh. And when you're at your happiest, that you're making a ton of money over the years, and look at this, this stock, this, my stocks went up the last six months to 100%. Sell, take it out, take some <laughs> profits. You play your own emotions that way, you'll be a lot better off. So the one thing you need to do is figure out how to evaluate stocks, how to determine whether this is a stock that's overpriced or is this stock on sale. 
Uh-huh. Stick with the price of stocks that are on sale, but at the same time, those same on-sale stocks, you want to be in an uptrend on a chart. In other words, the stock has been moving up consistently for a while. That's how you pick stocks. Uh-huh. If you give me a call, I will be happy to give you some value methods that are not very difficult. Uh-huh. And then on the websites, there's a ton of places. One of the easiest ways to evaluate a stock, and I'm going to give it to you right now, is take next year's growth rate of a stock. Multiply that times its earnings estimates by the experts for next year. Remember, stocks look forward, not backward. So if the earnings for next year is going to be a dollar per share, it's always a per share issue. If the earnings is going to be a dollar per share next year and it's growing at 20% a year, multiply 20 times a dollar and the stock price fair value is about $20. Sounds good. Okay. Great. Good luck, and it, you'll love it. I started uh, 21. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Bye-bye. 888-99-CHART. Tomorrow on Invest Talk. does the average telecommuter earn more salary than the in-office worker? Seven jobs you can do from home to earn more than $75,000. That's tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments though 888-99 chart 888-99 C H A R T and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Okay, today's main talking point is about the phenomena of uh, of uh, of lifestyle creep that can ruin your future. And it's not just related to professional athletes even though they are you know, very susceptible to this. Uh, so the average consumer out there, when you start to make more money, you start to spend more money. It's normal. 
Okay, there was a 2020 segment on ABC in 2009, uh, after the stock market crash in 2008, where this big-time hedge fund manager that they caught up with him, who was making $750,000 a year, was delivering pizzas because of this lifestyle creep. He, he was spending money like crazy, bought a house way bigger than he needed, took ve- lavish trips, super lavish lifestyle. Now the house is at foreclosure and on and on. That's lifestyle creep where you're spending more and more money because you're making more and more money and you don't, you don't stop. You don't stop until you run out. Now, 78% of NFL football players, and remember I mentioned on this show that I have a nephew who was his rookie year this year. 78% of NFL players, two years after they retire, are broke. Five Within five years of an NBA player, 60% of those people are broke. These people make millions of dollars. My nephew making millions of dollars. But they're broke two years after an NFL career ends and five years, that's 78% of those people are broke, and five years for NBA, 60%. I have personal experience with this because when I started being self-employed way back when I was 30 years old, um, I started making a lot more money and I spent it. I spent a lot of it. I, I still invested it and still you know, did things with it. But even my investments got to a point where I was investing in stupid things, thinking I was going to make more money. So there was a point where I had to really bring it back to earth. Okay. And luckily, you know, I have a very supportive wife and we started spending dramatically less than we earned for a number of years because we got carried away. It's easy, especially if you've never had any money in your life, which I didn't. Uh, and it's easy, you know, to go out to dinner every night, uh, get, you know, uh, season tickets to, you know, baseball games. I mean, it's easy. And that's what happens. You don't take care of the things you need to take care of, and that is to ensure that you can have a comfortable retirement, that you that you can live off the assets. Because that's the key here, figuring out how to stop spending more than you earn and not continue to increase your spending when you earn more. That means you should save more. It's a hard lesson to learn. It's hard. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say that, well, you people should do it because, you know, I did it. No, I, I didn't start off doing it. No, I got fell right into the same trap. It's very common and easy to do. Tomorrow's Invest Talk. Does the average telecommuter earn more salary than an in-office worker? Seven jobs you could do from uh, to earn more than $75,000 from home. Kind of like that. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888-992-4278. James in Sonoma. How you doing, James? I'm interested in your comments on uh, closed-end bond funds, particularly uh-huh. the BlackRock funds, only because I have uh, it's for an IRA, and I have absolutely almost zero bonds in my IRA or in my uh, retail account, and I'm getting a little nervous like everybody else is. I'm the same age you are, and, um, okay. and I'm just sort of interested in your general comment on closed-end bond funds. Uh, 54 years old, a closed-end bond fund. A closed-end bond fund means that He's looking for income from that. 
the dividend yield, and is the dividend yield supportive by the price? All those kinds of things. A closed-end bond fund means, since closed-end, means that it can sell at, an, at a premium or a discount to the value of the bonds inside the fund. Okay, so it can be worth more or less, but you're really buying it for the dividend. And you'd like to buy it at a discount to the net asset value versus a premium to the net, the net asset value because it's safer, safer to do so. And if your question is, should you have one? I have no problem with having part of that being in your portfolio, but not a major part. At 54 years old, uh, not a major part. If you're younger, I'd say have less. If you're older, I would say have more. As you get older, I would prefer to see either a mutual fund that's not closed in because it sells right at net asset value, depending on what the interest rates are going to do. If the interest rates are high, bond funds are great to buy. If interest rates are low, they're not so great to buy. All right. Thank you. Thanks, James. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Lynette and Sam Bruno. How are you doing, Lynette? Oh, fine, thank you. I really enjoy listening to your program. I listen to it on a daily basis. Thank you. The question I have today is, uh, through a divorce settlement, I received a profit-sharing plan mm -hmm. uh, through my ex-husband. Uh, he's uh, self-employed, and I rolled it over into an IRA. Good, good, it, good, good. It is in cash. I was wondering if I, and I'm not allowed to add any more to it, can I take that cash within an IRA? and invest it in stocks, or do yes. I have Yes. You can invest that IRA in almost anything you want. It would be difficult to buy property. Not impossible to buy property, but difficult. There's lots of rules. But you can, like, buy mutual funds with it. You can buy a CD with it. You can buy stocks. You can buy ETFs. You can buy bonds. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want. Oh, good. I don't have to keep it in cash then. No, you do not. And how old are you, Lynette? Uh, 59 and a half. Okay. When do you start to need to take the money? When I'm 70. Okay. You don't think you need it before then? No. Perfect. Then you, what you want to do is hire somebody like me <laughs> or do it yourself mm -hmm. and buy stocks or mutual funds. I see. Because you have a good long time, nine years or so. Mm -hmm. And the market, almost in any 10-year period, the stock market is higher from this day 10 years from now, the stock market will be higher. And if you want to talk about it more, Lynette, just call me at the office. I'll be happy to talk to you about sure, it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Lynette. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can call and ask your questions. We'll leave it on our listener line number. Anyways, you also can download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And then we'd like you to review us as well. You know, rate and review us. Now the lines are open. We are taking your financial investing questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. And that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 
800-992-4278. Okay, let's talk about the Federal Reserve. They announced today that they're going to leave rates the same after their two-day meeting. Remember, they have two-day meetings of the Fed every six, four to six weeks. And then they decide what they're going to do. Many times they decide to do nothing. Do they have to have it every four to six weeks? No. Uh, uh, 20, 10 to 20 years ago, they decided they were going to be a lot more transparent. And so one of the things they did was start to set up these meetings on a very regular basis. And then they really, they, they then announced what they're going to talk about and what they're going to do and what they're thinking. Before, they used to be kind of secret meetings. And that was about it. They knew they had the meetings, but they wouldn't really talk about it. Anyways, they left the rates alone. Uh, the rates are 2 to 2.25. This rate, remember, they only control one interest rate, one. No other rates are they control. They control the rate that the Federal Reserve loans money to banks, what they charge banks to borrow money from the Federal Reserve. That's the only rate they control. The banks take that money and they lend it to you and me at whatever rate they can get, whatever, that, whatever we'll pay them. They don't control the treasuries, how much you know interest they pay. No other rate is controlled by the Federal Reserve. Okay. They're also there now. After they they didn't change their speech at all, other than they said that in a, uh, that corporate investment in their companies has fallen off a little bit. That's the only thing they kind of changed in their statement. And just so you know, there's an eighty percent chance, according to the to survey that they will be raising a rate in December. In December. There's going to be another meeting then. And the Federal Reserve still says that they're going to continue to raise rates slowly. Also, everybody thinks they raise rates at 0.25% per meeting when they do raise rates. That's just because they, that's just, they decided to do that. They can raise the rates a lot higher than that. They can raise a half a point in a meeting. They're going to raise it a point, a whole percentage point. They've just been doing it. You're getting to the point, you, me, the public, we're getting to the point where we just expect them to do that. And they guided us to that. They're the ones that told us to expect it. But they don't have to. I just want to make sure you understand that. That's just what they've been doing in their recent campaign, recent meeting in the last 10, 15 years, to be more open and straightforward about what they're doing. 888-99 Charter is our number, everybody. You can reach us. We have lines open. 888-992-4278. Now, let's go talk to Paul in Alameda. How you doing, Paul? Great. How you doing, Steve? Good. Hey, Thanks for calling. My question was about ethical investing. Whereas, you know, me being an investor, coming to uh, money managers like KPP, Schwab, Fidelity, whomever, mm-hmm. and saying, I don't want to do business with China because of, you know, my personal reasons, or mm-hmm. companies that, uh, or maybe you don't want to do tobacco companies, or arms right. company, military companies that provide bombs. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Is okay. that possible, or is it just too convoluted to ferret that out? We at KP Financial would not let you have that opportunity. We would not. But there's a lot of money managers that would be happy to have those kind of restrictions. Those guys will ha- manage your money as an individual only. We have programs that we put you in that we all invest. Jerry and I invest our money right alongside your money. And we will invest where we think is best to invest. There are money managers, though, that will live within those parameters, Paul. So don't think you can't find that if you have that need. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, they, they, there are people that do it. 
quite often. They'll not invest in a list of... You can tell them, I don't ever want to see Disney in my portfolio. Okay, they'll do it. Yeah, something like Disney's fared out. It's just, you know, like, like I said, you know, maybe companies that don't pollute the water is... Yeah, I had a prospective client with a doctor, and she refused to have tobacco companies, certain drug companies, and she was listing all these things, parameters that she didn't want to invest in. And, you know, I had to turn her down because I said, well, our system won't let us do that. I can't, like, pick you out and say, okay, don't buy this one or that person. When we might be buying, you know, Eli Lilly, and she may not like something that Eli Lilly does. I don't know. So we, we couldn't do that. But there are registered investment advisors, money managers that will take that in consideration. Yes. Okay, Thanks great. for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Let's go talk to Todd on Lakeside. How you doing, Todd? Oh, good, Steve. How about yourself? Good. How's it out there on Lakeside? Uh, it's, you know, it's a good deal. like good. it. Yep, it's a nice area. Um, you know, Steve, I had a couple of questions, but for one thing, I, I guess I'm struggling a little bit on trying to figure out the uh, value of stocks. How to project the value of a stock? Yes. Okay, uh, this is how you do it. I'm going to give you two methods, Todd, and none of these methods are perfect, so don't always think they're perfect. They're not. Right. Uh, one method is good for medium-sized companies, not too good for really large companies and not too good for really small companies, but in the middle, the bulk of the companies out there. You use the earnings per share estimates for next year, and you multiply that times the growth rate of the earnings per share. So let's say the earnings per share this year is a dollar, and the earnings per share next year is a dollar twenty. That's a twenty percent growth rate, right? Okay. You take that 20, multiply it times $1.20, okay? And that gives you a projected price for that stock. Now, if the stock is selling below that amount, that's what you want. If it's selling above that amount, it's, it might be overpriced. Now, it doesn't work for very large companies because they don't grow very much. Okay. Now, it can be if the company was just beat up to smithereens price-wise, and they're only growing 8%, let's say, you know, let's say they're Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola can grow, what, 10% a year maybe? And Microsoft, these big, huge companies can't grow. But if they get beat up enough, the valuations will work. Now, the other good way to use, okay, but, let's but, say. Hang on, let me back you up for a second, though. You sure. say the um, earnings per share for this year and next year, is that all four quarters combined? Average? Yes. Okay. All the four quarters, the whole year. How okay. much is the whole year going to be worth? Okay. And the other method is to look at the P.E. ratio range for this, the company, that, the target company you're looking at for the last five years. And let's just say the range is 10 to 30. Then you take next year's earnings per share, multiply that times 10, and then also multiply it times 30. And then you get the range of the price of the stock should trade at. And if it's at the very low end of the range or below that end of the range, that's a buy. Okay. Okay. Now you just look I'll at a chart and decide where you want to buy it. Right. I'll have to play around with that one a little bit. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Our Thursday show is wrapping up soon. We still have about 10 minutes, so give us a call. We want to talk to you. Give us a call. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278.
listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. Let's go to Bill in Pleasanton. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. I have one mutual fund that's it's down about 40% mm-hmm. since the meltdown. And it was down, and I just got the quarterly report, and it was down another 8%. Do you change to a different fund? or? Well, what's the description of the fund? It's a century uh, growth fund. Okay. Then what you want to do is you want to compare it. Go to Morningstar.com and compare it, that particular fund, with all other growth funds. Now, if it's a large cap, small cap, I don't know, mid cap, you need to know that is a large cap fund, growth fund. Then look at all large cap growth funds. If they were down 50% and yours was down 40, I know that's bad. You hate it and I hate it too. But if it outperformed its peer group, you want to stick with it. If the first quarter this year, the peer group is down 12% and yours is down 8 you kind of want to stay with it. I know that doesn't sound good, does it? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. But, Bill, oh, you know, long term, if it's outperformed on the downside, hopefully it's outperformed on the upside as well. And it should make a very good comeback if it's better than the rest of its peer group. It's done very well for me. I've just. I'm going to suggest you give it another year. And as long as I'm same managers there, Bill. In other words, he didn't leave, and now you got some rookie there. I don't, you know, time to leave if that's the case. Okay, thanks very much. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Thane in Antioch. Hi, Thane. How you doing? Good. I had a uh, general question for you. Sure. My mom has entrusted me with fifty thousand dollars. Her net worth is probably about two hundred. Okay. But she wants me to do some conservative, you know, so I was thinking some dividend-paying stocks, and, you know, she wouldn't mind if that 50 dropped to uh, 45 or something, but if it dropped much more, she'd probably start getting a little bit nervous on me. Okay. Uh, Conservative. You really shouldn't use the word conservative and individual stocks in the same sentence. Okay. Now, there are less risky stocks than risky stocks. I I won't give you that. But the word conservative probably is a wrong term. Let's talk about what would be good for your mom. I would suggest large dividend pay in stocks, like you have just suggested. Stocks that we know do not go down too much, don't go too up too much. They're kind of staying the same. If you do me a favor, make sure you get about 10 or 15 different stocks. Okay. Of this nature. There's that against the rules. Yeah, you know that 3% rule. Thane, if you give me a call in the office tomorrow, I'll be happy to give you some names. Mm-hmm. I don't mind helping people where I can help them. But I can't give names out over the air and just yeah. do these. It's just If you ask me a question about a stock, I'll be happy to answer it. The couple I was thinking was maybe GE and Merck and Pfizer. Those are all well-known, well-big companies. But these stocks can be volatile, though. Don't think they can't. Yeah. These are big, solid companies. They're not going away, but they will move around on you. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate the call. Mortgage rates, eight-year high. Eight-year high today, as reported last week anyways. The 30-year fixed mortgage is 4.52%. And you know, just so you know, that 30-year fixed move mortgage moves in line with the 10-year treasury bond. They don't move exactly the same time, but they move together. Okay, so why is that important? Why am I talking about it? Because it goes to people's perception of their wealth, goes to the psychology of what they're dealing with. When prices of housing goes down, people start to get a little bit worried, a little bit more cautious, and 
keep their wallet in the purse or their pocket. They don't. They tend to spend less. Pricing of homes seem to be here in the southwest, at least, to be uh, topping. And that's been evidence here in the last few months. So mortgage rates are rising. Of course, that probably is one of the causes for the topping. You talk to the experts and you listen, read, and you'll say you'll hear that that's not what they're 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 not blaming the higher rates. What's frankly I think is wrong. I think the higher rates is having its effect. They're pra- they're they're basing on too expensive a house. They're they're more on the the cost of the house itself is too much. Well, doesn't that relate to the mortgage rate too? Because remember, you buy a house and it's how much payment, how much monthly payment you can afford. So that's what we're seeing the housing market. And the housing market is that first little flag out there, at least least in the summer, that something is not right, that maybe our economy is not as strong as we all think it is. But it is very strong. It's just a little flag warning out there. That's all it is. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Thank you for all, to all the podcast listeners. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, remember, you can check out YCharts. It's one of our sponsors on our podcast. I appreciate that, too. Uh, you can get a discount if you just mention our name. Investop. Justin and I uh, use that charge all the time. Have a nice evening, everybody, and thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461.